0: Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, we are talking about walking and if it's enough. Last week, we talked about zone two cardio and how zone two cardio can be beneficial. And today, I wanna talk about walking and if walking is quote unquote enough to get the benefits of zone two cardio. I also wanna talk a bit about zone one cardio and zone three cardio. And then next week, we're gonna talk more about zone four and five. So let's quickly go over all five cardio zones. These cardio zones are approximate levels of effort, and each zone will kind of use different metabolic processes to power your body. So really short and sweet, zone one is easy aerobic movement, like an easy walk where you really don't feel much elevate elevation in heart rate, and you don't feel much overall work. Zone two is still easy cardio, It's something that you could sustain for a long period of time. You could hold a conversation and breathe in and out through your nose, but it's definitely starting to get less comfortable to talk. Zone three is harder work. You might feel like you have to pause every three words if you're talking. You're puffing more. You're breathing in and out through your mouth mostly. And it is a type of cardio that you could sustain for a longer period of time. But again, it's just a little bit more work than that zone two. And it's going to use different sources of fuel. So zone three will enter more into using glucose rather than fat, which zone one and two use fat primarily as a fuel source. Many group fitness classes fall into this zone three type of training, and they might dip into zone two or zone four a little bit. But most of the work in m- many group fitness classes is going to put you in zone three. Zone four is harder work. This is generally your interval work where it's very difficult to talk. And then zone five, you can't talk. It's max intensity. It's all-out effort. And you could really only sustain this for brief periods, maybe just like a few seconds. So today we're going to touch on zones one through three and talk about if walking is quote-unquote enough for cardio. So zone 2 cardio, I broke it down in detail last episode. Please go listen to last episode if you haven't. There's tons that we got into. It was a beefy one. But zone 2 cardio is steady state cardio like easy runs or bike rides or or brisk walk that increases your heart rate but at the level of work where you could still breathe in and out through your nose but it's starting to get uncomfortable to do so. You could speak without having to pause every three words, but it's not as easy to speak as if you were resting or as if if you were going for a leisurely walk. Zone two cardio can improve mitochondrial health, which improves metabolic flexibility and increases your body's efficiency at using fat as a fuel source. This can improve your cellular machinery, reducing the risk of disease and potentially aiding in attempts at improving body composition because your body can more easily use fat as fuel outside of your workout. Zone 2 cardio also improves cardiovascular health and the ability of your heart to deliver blood and oxygen to the tissues of your body. Zone 2 cardio not only improves your metabolic health and your heart health, but it can actually improve your performance in lifting, making you more efficient and making you able to do more work during your lifting sessions, which means you can have more impactful lifting sessions, and build more muscle. So doing some zone 2 cardio can really allow you to kind of snowball in your health, longevity, and body composition goals. It can really start to compound. Remember that it's not just about the calories or fat that you're burning during the workout itself, because those are minimal and fairly insignificant, but it's all about the downstream effects of how that type of workout is affecting your body. It's also great because it's Zone two cardio is generally easier on your body. It's easier to recover from. It's not going to leave you feeling wrecked or like you need to go take a nap like some other forms of cardio can. It's not like you're going to be like crawling out of your workout feeling like you want to throw up like sometimes some group fitness classes will make you feel. Now, last week, I talked about how strength training can also have a lot of those same benefits as zone two cardio and how if you really only have the time or capacity for one thing, make it. Your strength training sessions. Make strength training your cornerstone and then lace in the zone two cardio. Once you get um, consistent with strength training, you're building the muscle, you're consistent with eating enough protein. Focus on those things first and then you can start to lace in your zone two cardio as you have the capacity. I specifically talked about last week how circuit training and superset training at higher reps, so 20 to 30-ish reps still approaching that failure point can be a great way to stimulate many of the same benefits that you get from zone two cardio from a metabolic standpoint. I talk about how a hypertrophy routine, so a muscle building routine, something like Evlo combined with walking can be a great way to improve metabolic health, keep your body moving, keep your energy expenditure high, and not make you feel like you got hit by a a bus (laughs) or make you feel like you have to adhere to a really unrealistic routine that is potentially not allowing you to enjoy your life, honestly. It can just get out of hand really fast. Hypertrophy training will improve many aspects of your overall health. And I talked about how you can use a bit higher rep scheme. So again, that 20 to 30 reps close to failure, which will not only build muscle in your type 2 muscle fibers, but will also stimulate your type 1 muscle fibers to a high degree, which can improve mitochondrial density and efficiency. So again, this type of training can really help you see a lot of the metabolic and health benefits of zone two, but at the same time, it's going to have the added benefit of hypertrophy. So muscle growth, strength, bone density, and improving your body composition. We do want to prioritize building muscle because it's going to have all of the benefits of cardio, maybe not to the same extent, but you're also getting the addition of the lean mass. Okay, so that's a little summary of last week and kind of get us up to speed for what we're gonna talk about today because where does walking come in? If you followed the podcast for any length of time, you know I'm a big fan of walking. Walking is beneficial because it keeps your overall energy expenditure high and it's really easy on your system. It's likely not going to throw off your recovery. Speaking of energy expenditure, let's quickly talk about this and where energy expenditure comes into this equation. I've talked on this podcast a lot about burning calories something that people get overly obsessed with and prioritize far too much in exercise. Interestingly, you don't burn and burn and burn the more exercise you add. Your body tends to plateau at a certain calorie burn for the day or for the week and borrows from other systems, other metabolic systems, in order to keep your calorie burn at a relatively stable rate. So in other words you can't just do a bunch of exercise and and burn and burn and burn more calories. Your body will start to downregulate other processes to keep you within this narrow window. Now, this narrow window is going to look a little different for everyone, but for most people, and I've talked about this on past many past episodes in the past, I'll link them in the show notes. But for most people, that tends to be that calorie plateau of active calories burned per day tends to be around 800 active calories per day on average some people a little less some people a little more so if you're getting to that 800 active calorie burn per day that's you're probably hitting your ceiling if you burn more than that per day you're probably not increasing your overall deficit at that point your body is going to start to borrow from other processes downregulate other processes to keep you from burning too many calories. And scientists think that this is an evolutionary mechanism so that we have some energy in reserve to get away from a dangerous situation if we need to. So let's say the amount of calories that you burn per day just to keep your body alive is like 1,300. To get to your calorie ceiling for that day, you'd be looking to burn around 2,100 calories per day. So that's 1,300 calories plus 800 calories So that would be maybe about your caloric ceiling that you'd be burning during the day. People think that this needs to be, these 800 calories need to be all in one workout. Like you're like, oh my gosh, 800 calories in a workout? That's a lot. That is not what it needs to be. You are going to be spreading this throughout your entire day. So yes, your activity, but also um, walking, talking, uh, showering, cleaning, all of these things are using energy throughout your day. So Burning 800 calories per day with activity is really not difficult at all. This could be your 30-minute Evlo workout and a 20-minute walk and just like staying active throughout your day and getting up and not, not staying so stationary. So this is why I say that walking can really help keep your activity energy expenditure high or towards that ceiling while still giving you some slight aerobic benefits. It improves glucose disposal. Walking after a meal or after dinner is a great idea if possible. And it has been shown to improve cardiovascular health. So the benefits of a walking and a hypertrophy routine are enormous and something that I recommend really everyone prioritize first. You build the lean mass You improve your mitochondrial density with your hypertrophy routine. You improve your strength. You improve your insulin sensitivity, your bone density. And then with walking, you are keeping your energy expenditure high. You're keeping your body moving. And you're getting some slight cardiovascular benefits. Walking is also very easy to stay consistent with. It's enjoyable. It's zero cost. It's easier on your joints. And it's not going to affect your recovery. But is walking, quote unquote, enough cardio to count as zone two training. It depends. For some people, yes, walking is going to be considered zone two training. It depends on how fast you're walking. It depends on your cardio fitness level and if you're walking hills. Walking can be considered zone two or zone one cardio, depending on all those things, depending on how hard you're working. For many people who have been working out, brisk walking is no longer challenging enough to get their heart rate into that zone two Area, that zone where you can still breathe in and out through your nose, but it's getting more difficult. Walking may be considered more zone one, which is where your heart rate is lightly elevated, but you can comfortably talk with like little to no effort. For many, this is like a casual walk, um, maybe even some yoga classes, things like that. Zone one is beneficial. It stimulates type one muscle fibers, although minimal compared to zone two, and it gets your body moving. It's going to have so many of the same benefits as zone two, but just less significant. You know you're in zone one if you have no challenge talking or breathing in and out through your nose. If you want to get to zone two, pick up your pace a little bit. You should get to the point where you can, again, still breathe in and out through your nose, but it's getting more challenging. If you start to need to breathe in and out through your mouth, so if you get to the point where you maybe go up a steep hill and you're like puffing in and out through your mouth, you're now in zone three and you need to back off a bit to keep yourself in zone two. So what about zone three? Let's talk about this. Zone three has been called by some doctors like the no man's land. Zone three is cardio that's still beneficial. All types of cardio are beneficial. Please don't hear me wrong that I'm discouraging any type of movement or strength training. But zone three cardio is different from zone two in that you transition out of using fat as a fuel source and into using more glucose. You may not be getting the same benefits as far as mitochondrial density as you could from zone 2 because you aren't stimulating type 1 muscle fibers as much as you are in zone 2. And those type 1 muscle fibers house most of the mitochondria. And will improve your mitochondrial density, improve your metabolic flexibility, and have all of those longevity benefits. So although type 3 cardio burns more calories and maybe makes you sweat and just feels overall harder and maybe even feels more productive because it is harder, it may not be doing as much for your cellular machinery as the easier zone 2 cardio is. And zone 3 can be more stressful on your system is harder to recover from. This zone three is where many group fitness classes fall and it's kind of this no man's land where you're potentially stressing your joints. It's harder to recover from. Yes, it's burning calories in the moment, but it might not be setting you up for as many long-term adaptations as zone two cardio. Many women end up primarily doing zone three training because again, we've been taught that our workouts need to be hard and sweaty and we need to be puffing and we need to burn a lot of calories. This is where a lot of group fitness classes fall. Again, just trying to burn the calories and trying to make you work hard for like an hour because remember that zone three training can be done for a longer period of time, which many group fitness classes are that 45 minutes to hour mark. So for the most part, you're probably going to be in zone three for most of that hour. So the problem is, is that you might not be getting the same metabolic adaptations and you might feel broken down and not really seeing the results that you want. And this is because, number one, the calories in your workout don't really matter much when it comes to leanness, something I talked about just a second ago. Number two, they aren't likely loading muscles enough to develop significant lean mass. So if you're just focusing on that zone three cardio, you might feel some muscle burn, but you might not be loading muscles specifically enough to actually be developing lean mass. Number three, these zone three type cardio group fitness classes, aren't utilizing your aerobic system as much and stimulating the same metabolic benefits as some easier zone two cardio. And then number four, if you're overdoing it, stressing your system with these zone three type workouts, it can create inflammation and damage. That's really going to cause you to feel icky and not feel very sustainable. You might feel like you got hit by a truck all the time. So again, not that zone three is bad or should be avoided or that you should be afraid of it or that if you enter into zone three, you should freak out. None of that. It's just that it shouldn't maybe be the priority for most of us. Remember that I'm not speaking to those that are running marathons or competing in any way. If you're training, that's a completely different story. I'm talking to people that want the general health benefits, the longevity benefits, and maybe the body composition benefits. So zone three is the one that many of us maybe traditionally fall into because again, it just feels like harder work. You get sweaty, you're breathing in and out through your nose and you're gonna burn more calories. Okay, so that's zone one, zone two and zone three. So if you're like, okay, I think I want to start adding zone two. I hear the benefits. I'm consistent with my hair putry for routine. I'm consistent with my nutrition. I'm consistent with walking and just overall moving my body. Now I'm ready to add zone two. How should I do it? You can do this by adding in some jog walking. So try staying below that zone three threshold where you're no longer burning that fat. So maybe that might mean walking a bit and jogging a bit. If you're new to zone two training, this might feel kind of hard to find that sweet spot. And it might just take some um, effort and intention. And you can look at heart rate. Your The heart rate you want to be in for zone two, depending on who you ask, is 60 to 70, maybe 75% of your heart rate max, but heart rate might be a little less accurate at predicting if you're in zone two. A more accurate measure to predict if you're in zone two is going to be if you can talk. So if you can talk and you're not pausing every three words and you can still breathe in and out through your nose, but it's getting more challenging, you're probably in your zone two. If you hate running or jogging or you're stuck inside, you can also take our low impact cardio burst class and you can even layer them. We have tons on the app. If you're someone who likes music and a little more variety, that might be fun um, for you to do. You can climb stairs. You can swim, bike, dance. I think zone two can really be about choosing an activity that you enjoy, which really makes it fun. So. Because we want to keep this in our life ongoing. It's not going to be a temporary season because as soon as you start to taper back, you lose adaptations. In fact, I do recommend mixing up the type of zone two training you're doing to avoid overuse injuries. So maybe sometimes you take a spin class. Again, ignore the instructor's cues to go hard and just focus on doing work that allows you to breathe in and out through your nose the entire class. The instructor is going to probably want to push you, but see if you can stay in that zone two. Maybe you take a Zumba class or an aerobics class. Maybe sometimes you hike or play tennis um, or dance or take a fast place, fast paced yoga flow. We have a really fun class on the membership. It's called Ev Flow. That's likely going to get you in zone two. So there's lots and lots of options. And this is something that you can have some fun with and play around with if you want. So all that to say, is walking enough? Let's answer this question. It depends. If you can get into that zone two where you feel like you're breathing heavier and but you can still breathe in and out through your nose, then yes, walking can be enough. Maybe that means you pick up the pace. Maybe that means you add some hills. But do you have to add zone two if walking isn't enough? If you're consistent with your hypertrophy routine and walking and eating enough protein and you have a minimally processed diet, you're going to see a lot of the benefits of zone two like I talked about in last week's episode. But if you're like, I'm consistent with all that, I'm ready for more, maybe start you know, with one 30-minute session per week and start to get used to staying in that zone two because it might be more challenging than you think. Not that you're working hard, but it's kind of hard to figure out that sweet spot where you're outside of zone one, you're breathing a little heavier, but you haven't yet entered into zone three. So it might just take some practice and getting used to what that feels like. So you might start with one 30-minute session a week and maybe work your way up to 45 minutes or an hour here and there, maybe one to three times a week, and just really start to do what fits in your lifestyle. But if you aren't consistent yet with your hypertrophy, nutrition, and walking, that should be prioritized first, in my opinion, because you have to consider what type of activity you're gonna maintain. This is not going to be a temporary season. So I hope this answered your question about if walking is enough. Next week, we're going to be talking about a potentially even more impactful form of cardio than zone two, which is zone four and five training. So stay tuned for that. I'll make sure to give you at the end of that episode wrap-ups and takeaways from all three of these episodes. So the one I did last week, this one, and then next week's episode, so that if you're overwhelmed, I'll make sure to wrap this up in a pretty little bow for you at the end. So stay tuned for that. We will see you all next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.